0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, and we're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And it's going to be a great one today, a little bit different in format. I'll share that with you in just a moment. Few quick things before we dive into the show. If you have a story about amazing customer service that you want to share, or you have a question that you'd like me to answer, you can send those to me on any of the social media channels. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And remember, if it's a question, to use the hashtag AskShep hashtag ask Shep. I'll answer the questions you send in either here on the show in the newsletter on one of the social media platforms, or maybe on my TV show, which is be amazing or go home, which can be found on Amazon prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-suite TV. And you can get episodes by going to be amazing.tv. That's be amazing.tv. All right, let's jump into the show. Little bit different format today. I am very excited because if you are listening to this episode on the day the episode actually comes out, that means you're listening to it on September 21st, 2021. Well, today is the day that my latest book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Your Customers to Come Back Again and Again, comes out. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Rather than interviewing somebody, I'm going to more or less be interviewing myself, (laughs) kind of. I'm actually looking at the notes that I have sent to all of the different uh, podcasters and reporters and interviewers who said, hey, can you send me some talking points uh, so that I have the right questions to ask? And I thought, you know what? I will do that. And I thought it'd be fun to actually do it here on this show. So with that in mind, let's talk about the book. First of all, I um, uh, I've written eight books, and this is number eight, and some have been have been bestsellers, New York Times bestseller, Wall Street Journal bestsellers. Uh, at one point, I hit number one on the USA Today list, number one on Amazon, of course, but I'm excited about this book. What happened is a few years ago, I was working with a client, and uh, this client was the CEO of a franchise organization that had hair salons, and there were over a thousand managers and owners of hair salons, and the gentleman shared with me that they love measuring how well they do, how, you know, was the haircut good, was the service good, was the treatment good, whatever it is, they love measuring, Uh, and he said, we ask questions like on a scale of one to ten, were you happy with the service, were you happy with the haircut? Would you be willing to recommend this? The net promoter score question. And he said, basically, that those are great history lessons. Now, those are my words, not his. But that's exactly what these types of measurements are. They're history lessons. And that's what he was inferring, that they're very important. And yes, they are. And you shouldn't stop doing them. But he said what he loves to measure is behavior. I said, well, tell me what you mean. He says, well, we know what the behavior of a typical customer is. There's different types of customers. Uh, There's people with long hair, short hair. They come in for just certain types of treatments. And we know what a regular customer is based on what it is that they need. And we try to measure the behavior. We track if this customer is coming back on the right cadence. And if they are, we know we have a repeat customer. And I thought, wow. And that's what he says. That's what we like to measure if the customers come back. And I go, great thought. So what we want our customers to say is, I'll be back. And then you want them to come back. (laughs) So that's what this book is about. And and since my last book uh, that I've written, I have a number of different ideas, especially during the pandemic. It really forced me to think about what can we do to separate ourselves from the competition? What can we do to be easier and more convenient for our customers? And I just came up with more and more ideas and thoughts. I, I've written a number of articles about these things, and I thought it's time to put it into a book. So, the book again, it's titled I'll Be Back How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. You can go to the I'll Be Back website and you can look at the information that I have there. I actually have a video and have some other interesting ideas. And by the way, whether you uh, buy the book there or you go to Amazon, or Barnes and Noble or Books a Million or wherever you're going to buy the book, come back to this website, I'll bebackbook.com, because there are plenty of resources that you're going to download. There's a workbook that you can use to sit with your team and have some great conversations about what it takes to get your customers to say, I'll be back. All right. So I'm going to answer a question that I've been asked a number of times, and that is with this title, I'll be back. Is there a tie-in to Arnold Schwarzenegger and The Terminator? Well, it didn't start out that way. Actually, about three paragraphs into the outline that I started to create at the very beginning of the book writing process, I realized, who made these words, I'll be back famous? Well, it was Arnold in The Terminator. Now, the book is not about The Terminator, and I do, however, have references to the movie, and I have a number of quotes from Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. He is not only a great actor in this movie, but he's been in a number of other movies. He's also a great businessman, and he, as a politician, was the governor of California. The guy has a lot going on, and we can learn a lot from him. So I came up with this idea that, you know, like you win an Oscar if you win a, you know, if you're great in a movie or you get a Grammy Award for the music you create. Well, how about an Arnie? And the Arnie is when you get the customer to say, I'll be back. So that's how it ties in. I do have a chapter on why customers would terminate their relationship with you. And of course, that's fun. I can get into those in just a few minutes, but that's the tie-in to the Terminator. Really not much other than it's just fun to talk about it. And if you do get to the I'll be back book website, there is a great, what I call a book trailer, which is like a movie trailer. It's about two and a half minutes long. And it's me wearing dark sunglasses and a leather jacket going into businesses, not being happy, blowing them up and finally getting to one that I absolutely love. And as I walk out, you know what my line is. I love doing business with them. I'll be back. All right. So uh, let's talk about the most important measurement in business. And I've already alluded to it. Uh, Remember the client that I had that said they like to measure, you know, the NPS scores, the customer satisfaction scores, and that's a great history lesson. And I want to emphasize, again, you need that information. It's the only way you're going to know if you're doing a great job. And if you're not doing a great job, what you need to do to make it better, because you're going to be getting customer feedback. But the important measurement is behavior. You want to constantly monitor what your customer is doing if they're coming back in the right cadence. And if they're not, you should have a system that allows you to recognize when your best customers seem to drop off. All right, in in chapter three, uh, I talk about some foundational concepts. Now, if you've read any of my books, you should know that I believe in this concept called the moment of truth, which Jan Carlson came up with in the 1980s, a long, long, long time ago. And it was very timely back then. And it's timeless, as as it turned out to be, uh, with his idea of the moment of truth. Now, Jan Carlson was asked to take over a failing airline when it was losing millions of dollars. And he turned it around with the idea that if you manage the moment of truth, which he defines as any time a customer comes into contact with any aspect of the business, they form an impression. That's the moment of truth. And the goal is to manage the moment of truth to make it good. And there's good and there's bad. That's what Jan Carlson said. Well, I came up with a third one. There's also average or satisfactory. And the names that I give to these, and if you've been following my work, you know what they are. A bad moment of truth is a problem, a complaint, or just a bad customer experience. We call that a moment of misery. Uh, The average one is what I refer to as a moment of mediocrity. And then there's the positive moment of truth. And I refer to that as a moment of magic. And our goal is to create moments of magic. And it's important to note that a moment of magic doesn't have to be over the top, blow me away. People think of magic as something like incredible, but it's not, it's just better than average, just a tiny bit better than average. And when you are consistent and predictable with above average experiences, that's when you're operating in the zone of amazement. That's why I believe amazement is within the, the grasp and within the reach Of every organization and every person within an organization, all they have to do is be a little bit better than average. It's not that hard to do. Your customers will say things like, they're always so knowledgeable. That's what they expect, right? That you would be smart and know what it is that you sell and be able to answer questions. They always return my calls quickly or return my emails quickly. Once again, an expectation. And even when there's a problem, I know I can always count on them. Now, this word always followed by something positive is what you're trying to create. And when you create these positive experiences, moments of magic consistently and predictably, you have what you call customer amazement. So that is foundational. And you'll actually find that in every book that I write. So let's talk about a couple of other fun Concepts and some ideas, and give you some real meat related to what's in the book. There's a real simple idea that I have. It's really truly common sense that, unfortunately, it's not always so common. And I tie it, title it as uh, in Chapter Seven is the shortest customer service speech that I ever gave. And here's the short story: I was given 40 minutes or so for the closing keynote speech at an event. And the client said to me, no matter what time you go on, you have to end on time. If you're late, you got to cut it short. If, you're, if we give you extra time, you're welcome to take it as long as you end on time. They had somewhere to go. They were going to take everybody there in a bus uh, or number of buses to whatever they were doing for dinner that night. So the speakers in front of me kept going over their allotted time again and again and again. Finally, it came down to a point where all I had was two minutes and the client said, Well, I guess you're not going on. I said, No, no, no. I think I can do this. I have something to say. So I walked on stage and I said to the audience, I know we're supposed to leave in two minutes, and I promise you we'll be finished by that time. So I'm about to deliver to you the shortest customer service speech in the history of customer service speeches. So imagine I was just introduced, you applauded, and here I am in front of the stage. Are you ready? Here we go. And I said, be nice. And then I started to walk off stage. That was it. Two words, be nice. Then I stopped. I looked back at the audience and into the microphone. I said, okay, two words, be nice. Here's the thing. I know I could have talked for a long time about being nice because it takes a lot to go into simply being nice, but being nice, nice is foundational. It's simple. And I've written book after book about how to be nice and how to deliver good service in a friendly and courteous way. But at the end of the day, being nice is simply that, being nice. Think about it. If you go to a restaurant and you have the most amazing food in the world, but the server and the manager, they were just not very friendly people. Hence, they weren't nice. You're probably not going to want to go back to that restaurant again. Being nice is foundational. And then I said, so now it's about 4.30. It's time for you to leave. Thank you very much. I'll finish the speech next year. (laughs) And I walked off stage. Anyway, I do believe it's important and it's foundational and it's such common sense, being nice. And there's so many different ways to show how to be courteous, nice, respectful. It creates confidence and it creates the idea that customers wanna come back again and again. All right, let's take a short break. And when we come back, I wanna get to some really important ideas. I wanna talk about different ways Uh, or different reasons customers would terminate the relationship and i'm going to talk to you about my favorite chapter in the book which is the last chapter titled where the rubber meets the road and i'm going to share with you some really powerful takeaways that will give you the i'll be back experience for your customers don't go away we're coming right back hi shep hyken your customer service and experience expert and i'm excited to tell you about my new book i'll be back how to get customers to come back again and again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you, and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.illbebackbook.com. Again, that's www.illbebackbook. listening to amazing business radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on amazing business radio and I'm excited to continue the, well, I won't call it a discussion, but my monologue, if you will, on the new book, I'll be back, how to get your customers to come back again and again. So uh, in uh, chapter 13, I talk a little bit about automation. You know, today, The customer experience, much of it has been digitized. Think about Amazon. It is a complete 100% self-service digital experience. It's a website you go onto. You log in, you shop, you look around, you can compare items. Uh, You've got reviews that you can read. If you have any questions, you can type in a question. Customer support will get back to you with an answer. And I will tell you that if you do need to talk to them, and this is where it gets real important, if you do need to talk to somebody at Amazon, you can do so. There's not a phone number for you to call. On the contrary, what you do is you put in your phone number and they call you and it's almost instant. About the time you hit the enter button, the phone starts to ring and there's your Amazon support person. And the point of this chapter is that you can't truly 100% automate a relationship. While Amazon has done a great job of probably doing it 99 plus percent of the time, most companies aren't Amazon, but many companies try to use digital experiences, they try to create self service type experiences. And they become enamored with the technology. And oftentimes, it starts to distance themselves between their customers and, and, and themselves. And that's a problem because as soon as that starts to happen, you become vulnerable to competition that can create a better relationship. But here's my point. Uh, as I say, you can't automate the relationship 100%. You need to make it easy. And it needs to be seamless for a way uh, for that customer to get to a human for questions, for support. It doesn't matter if it's customer service, part of the sales process, or just a general question. It needs to be easy. And once you do that, and the customer knows that they can do that, they'll go off on that digital experience, knowing that if they need you, you're always there. Uh, One of the chapters I have in there has to do with convenience and self-service, which ties into this digital experience. Uh, Some of you may remember I wrote a book titled The Convenience Revolution, which was all about how you can be easy and convenient for your customers. And a lot of what drives convenience today is technology, a digital experience. And if you go to a grocery store today and you decide you have just a few items, often these stores now have a self-service checkout line where you can scan your own items, pay the money, and leave without ever talking to anybody until there's a problem. Maybe you've got a piece of fruit and you can't figure out how to scan this piece of fruit. There's no barcode on the fruit for you to use. And all you need to do is look around and you'll almost always find an employee there to help you out. Hence, there's that seamless experience of moving to a human to human interaction. And if you're going to automate anything, just make sure that you have the ability for that customer to get to a human when they need it. All right. I talked in chapter 14 about terminating the customer. And I'll share with you several reasons why a customer would terminate uh, what their business with you. And there's there's many different reasons. And there's definitely more than 10. So you should also know I did a research report. Some of you probably know that who've listened to the show. And that research report is titled um, the 2021 Achieving Customer Amazement Study. And I did one in 2020 and we have one coming out next year. And some of this information is based on this. I didn't necessarily put it in the order of like what the highest priority, but here it is. Why would customers terminate you? Now, this was at the top, apathy. If you create an apathetic experience, making the customer feel like you just don't care, well, they're gonna find somebody that does. Another top reason was rudeness. And to me, rudeness and apathy almost go hand in hand, but rudeness is disrespectful. It creates an anger uh, with the customer, which uh, could, could that's an emotional response, but it's not the emotion that you want. Uh, another really important reason why customers might terminate you is because you didn't make it easy for them to find you. You went the, the customer went on the website and they had to search and search and search until finally they found the phone number buried somewhere, which makes the customer think, well, maybe they really don't want to hear from me anyway. Uh, here's one that's tied to the digital experience that the customer couldn't find you or or get to you on the channel that they preferred using. Now. If you understand the differences between a baby boomer and a Gen Z, which is the youngest generation just out of college up through about age 25, actually even in college today, uh, that Gen Z, um, they have different communication preferences than baby boomers. Baby boomers' number one preference is to use the phone to reach out to someone. And the Gen Z, believe it or not, is interested in either emailing and even texting, now, it's pretty close, but, the, the, but year after year, as we look at research, not just mine, but others, you'll see there's a wider and wider discrepancy between what of using the phone and using other technologies. But the point is, we need to make sure we create a channel for our customers to reach out on that is easy for them. The phone is a great one. Here's our email address. If you want to email, you want to text us? here's a number you can text to. If you want to put our app on your phone, use our app. You can communicate with us through the app. There's many different ways that customers can communicate with you, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. It just takes a little bit of effort to put into place these different channels. And when you do, make sure that you use the channels appropriately. If somebody emails you, don't wait three days to respond. Just if somebody calls you, you don't want to put them on hold for two or three hours (laughs) either. And by the way, I will say that if you do have to put somebody on hold, there's lots of technology out there that will allow you to tell them your hold time is this long and you can either wait or you can push your number into the keypad and we will call you back. And if it's an email and you realize you're behind, it's okay to email back saying, thanks, we received your request or your issue and we will respond to you. We are a little backed up. You should hear from us within two hours. Let people know. If they know how long they have to wait, the wait's not so bad. It's better than not knowing at all. Anyway, those are a few reasons why customers would terminate you. There's also three reasons in the book why you would terminate a customer. That's right. You might not want to do business with somebody for a number of reasons, and I've shared with you three of the most popular. All right. Let me jump to chapter 15, which is my favorite chapter where the rubber hits the road and I cover a six step process. I call it the I'll be back experience, how you create that. By the way, if you go to I'll be back this is actually in a video and it's a great video that you might want to share with your team. So here's how it goes. Six steps. Number one, ask yourself, why would someone do business with me instead of a competitor? This is a great question, and we've been asking this question in our workshops for years. And by the way, don't say things like, oh, we have great service, our people are really good. No, you can't say that because that's exactly what your competitors are saying. You need to find something that truly differentiates you from the competition. Next, you ask yourself, and by the way, I suggest doing this with a team of people from different parts of the organization. Next, you ask yourself, why would someone do business with the competition instead of Me? This is sometimes a difficult question because it's uncomfortable that you start to find flaws. You start to see, like, hey, they're doing something that we're not doing. And that's why customers choose them instead of us, which leads us to step three, which is something I call keeping pace, where you take a look at what the competition is doing. And then you get to say, I can do that too. But don't just copy them, make it your own. That's right, if you just copy them, you'll just be a commodity and you don't wanna be a commodity. You wanna be able to say, these are differentiators. And I'll give you an example. I love to use this one lately. I don't know how I came up with it. Uh, Years ago, I used to talk about the amenity wars in hotels. So for example, a hotel, really smart person said, hey, why don't we give our guests a newspaper? And when they check in, just tell them, when you come down to get your coffee, you can pick up a free newspaper. Well, the hotel across the street heard about this. By the way, I say across the street, metaphorically, a competitor heard about it and then said, I hear they're giving away newspapers. We need to do that too, but let's make it better. Instead of making the guests come down to the front desk, why don't we drop it off at their door? Do you see what happened? The competition said, they're doing something I'm not doing. I should be doing that, but let me make it different. Or in this case, they thought, let's make it better. So that's step three. Step four, this one's powerful. You're going to go outside of your industry and you're going to say and ask, what companies do I love to do business with and why? And list all the companies. And you're going to hear companies like Amazon and reasons why people love Amazon. You're going to hear about the restaurant down the street. You'll hear about some retailer, a shoe repair store. You might hear about a manufacturer who may be a vendor of yours and maybe it's the inside salesperson that is doing such a great job that makes... Uh, whoever it is that says, I love this company, it makes them want to do business because of that person on the inside always taking care of them. But list all of these reasons out, every one of them. And then step five is to take a look at these reasons and say, what of these can I be doing that we're not doing? Now, what I love about doing this particular part, steps four and five, is that we're looking outside of the industry. And we're looking at becoming not just best in our industry but becoming best in class by taking a look at what some of the best companies in the world are doing the ones that we love that aren't even associated with what we do day in and day out in our businesses and we're saying what are they doing that we can be doing and then we start to do it and once you're doing that and you've started to implement these ideas this is coming up now step 6 you go back to that first question with this minor caveat now that we have done this Or now that we're doing this, now that we've made this change, whatever it is that you've learned from this process, now why would a customer want to do business with us? And when you do this the right way and you take the time to do it and and really implement these great ideas that you're picking up from competition as well as businesses outside of your industry, you can create that I'll be back experience. All right. The book again, I'll be back. How to get your customers to come back again and again It's available everywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, retailers around the country, even around the world, and on the website, I'llBeBackBook.com. So thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, indulging me in this last, oh, 25 minutes or so as we talked about this book. I hope you picked up some great ideas. I hope it entices you to want to go out and get the book today. And get the book. And by the way, if you love the book, would love for you to come back on the Amazon website and just leave a comment and share your feelings. True feedback, we'd love to hear it. And with that, I wrap it up. And next week, we'll go back to the regular format of having a great guest. But until that time, this is Chef Hyken, and I want you to go out there and I want you to always be amazing.